0: Hey there! Welcome to SaaS Unbound, brought to you by SaaS Group. I'm your host, and Dana, and this is the show where we chat with inspiring founders and experts to get an inside scoop on how they made their business a success. And today with me is Tony Perez, co-founder and CEO at Bluebirds, the number one Salesforce app, to make it multi-channel and increase sales and service productivity. And of course, a co-founder of the SaaS Institute, providing coaching, prospecting, sales generation and development services for B2B companies. Super excited to see you here, Tony.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Anna. It's a pleasure.
0: Sure, anytime. And I mean, I'll give a little context here. Uh, We met with Tony in Barcelona. Um, I was super excited uh, about it. We were introduced by Jan Brinkman, and we did an event, SaaS SAS Connect event that we do at SaaS Group to bring uh, founders together. And we had a great group of Spanish founders there. And Tony was kind enough to give a masterclass about sales because a lot of companies, a lot of companies we buy, and like we are also big believers in product-led growth. And sometimes. A lot of founders shy away from sales. They're like, well, we're just going to hide behind the product growth strategy, right? And I think it's just so important to just know what else you can add to it to maybe drive your sales, especially right now. I mean, who doesn't want more sales, right? So happy to talk to you about sales today. Uh, But first things first, maybe you could give a bit of a background about yourself and also Bluebirds, like what is Bluebirds, what you guys are doing?
1: okay i mean easy i mean fast background is i my education is quite uh, technical i i studied computer engineering and i think that at my times it wasn't like supposed that i should be in sales right because it's not the classical journey that you do when you study computer engineering right but Anyway, here I am, no, I've been working in the SaaS industry, I would say, for the last 10 years, uh, being super lucky to work with companies like UserZoom and RedPoints, no, companies that uh, are doing really, really well, managing marketing, sales, I would say what we call now go-to-market, no, in those cases, we were selling, let's say, medium-big deals, I would say. Between 24,000, for example, but reaching 100, no, I mean, not not huge, no, but big enough not to have a sales team, right? A marketing team, and after that, I thought that I had some uh, frameworks that I could use in order to help other companies that were struggling, no, uh, uh, creating what we call sales machines, no, that in my opinion. Mm-hmm it's a, a, more easily to explain is a team that can generate constantly good quality meetings, no? So meetings with the right person of the right company, no? So, so this to me is the engine, no, of, of, or, or the fuel, no, for a great uh, sales organization, no? So I thought that I had a nice framework, no? And then I decided to, to start the sales, the SaaS Institute to create those, like, teams within those, com- within the companies, with all my customers. We did like, I don't know, between. S- 60 70 like uh, projects uh, across Europe and after that I saw that we were doing constantly the same thing in salesforce because it was the technology that we were using now in order to enable the team to be super I would say yeah um, systematic no which is something mm-hmm. important in sales no in order to be predictable right so uh, yeah we were doing exactly the same thing again and again uh, over salesforce so we decided to build a salesforce app. No, to speed up, I would say the technological part of the, of those projects. No, and, and this is uh by the way, Blueverse is the, is a Salesforce app to help companies uh, so they can be uh, like super consistent, uh, mm-hmm. super productive. And actually the vision was to make Salesforce better, right, uh, for the sales rep. So creating an amazing Salesforce, I would say experience for the user, I'd say. No, if you want to talk a little bit more. In 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 about the vision, no. Salesforce is a software that is a little bit hard to use, no. Too many Mm -hmm. forms to fill out, no. And and I think that we make it amazing for the user. So yeah, this is a little bit me and the company and so on.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. That's perfect. And I mean, we at SAS Group also experienced uh, working a little bit with the SAS Institute. We had a, a great internal session with Andrea, your CEO. And uh, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Like when you bring the system to to your sales motion, it makes everything a little easier, a little more streamlined. So yeah, and I would assume that, well, since SAS Institute was first, and then Bluebirds was born. Then, did you drive your customers from the South institute to Bluebirds? Like, how did you start uh, selling to the first customers? How did you find them?
1: So, some of them, yes, uh, and some of them, n- n- no, because we were very focused on one specific, concrete use case. No, that we found out that was the one that we could, like, help them more. No, so for example, in when you do consulting you can be very flexible, right? Because in the end is uh, you transferring knowledge no, and, and working with uh, the customer in order to solve a, a, a problem that mostly were in general very similar. no. But when it comes to create a, a piece of software, you need to be very, very, or at least my opinion, very, very specific, right? Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to, to create something like so generic that can help everyone that is using Salesforce for sales and service, no? So some of them, yes, but some of them, no, because with Bluebirds, we were very, very, very specific. We were not that flexible and we are not that flexible Mm -hmm. like you can be when you do consulting. Actually, uh, you were talking about enterprise, mid-market, no, product-led growth. So for example, because we are in mid-market or high uh, mid-market, no? The idea is to be delivering, I'd say, 80% product, 20% uh, services, no? So, solutions, no? When you go enterprise mm-hmm. corporate, it's a little bit different, eh? Sometimes you have 50% product, 50% services, which in the end all together makes what you define as a solution, no? Big companies in general want solutions, no? Whatever mm-hmm. it is, the product and whatever are the services you want to add on top of it, but they want solutions right? Sometimes in mid-market, uh, it's a different mix, no? It's, it's more product and a little bit of services, no? And when it's product growth, for example, it's 100% uh, uh, product, right? So it's not, there is no services there, no? So depending on the type of companies you are targeting, you have a different balance, no? Of, even though that you or all of us are uh, B2B SaaS, eh, for sure, but in the end, there is a component of services uh, in order to deliver the solution, no, and mm-hmm. big companies ask for solutions, their personal uh, solution for themselves, right?
0: Right, and well, you're working with some big companies, like there is Coca-Cola, there is Nestle, there is L'Oréal, a lot of big names. So, how did they shape the, the like the entire roadmap? Because, uh, well. You're definitely very happy on security and compliance anything else has changed for you and Bluebirds when you started working with these big names
1: uh, n- not too much because actually when you work with a, a big company you and if you have a very flexible product let's say they also have internally teams no that not only can, but also want to manage, no, the deployment, right? Or the customization, right? So in that sense, being being a Salesforce app, no, means that we are going to be talking to technical people within those companies, right? Salesforce is a software that usually in big companies have their own specialized team, no, to customize it, to manage it, no? So in that sense, we are lucky, no? In the sense that we always have in the other side, like technical people that again, eh, not only can, but also want to take control on the, uh, uh, I would say, Bluebird's customization, no? So the experience mm-hmm. for them is unique somehow, no? So I wouldn't say that, uh, that the only thing that we need to take into account in terms of the product is that the product, again, eh, not only because of it is a big company, but because of Salesforce should be at least or should have at least the same DNA, right? Uh, if you work with Salesforce, you know that, is flexible, is secure, right? Is done for being managed by technical technical people, right? So with Bluebirds, we also understand that, no? And and from the product point of view, we also have put quite a lot of effort, no? In making the software, uh, I'd say uh, very flexible, right? Super flexible. (laughs) So everyone can get their own, I would say, taste of the product, right?
0: Okay, but then uh, I I think maybe there could be a different kind of challenge that you're uh, tackling because the implementation, yeah, sure, there there are technical teams and they're happy to help you uh, with integrating both products, but you're selling to well salespeople, right? So who are you talking to? When you are selling, because you're also sales heavy in your processes. When you are pitching the product, who you are selling to and who is going to implement the product are two completely different, uh mm -hmm. yeah, audiences. So, yeah,
1: we usually like, let's say, to talk to 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 different, let's say, profiles, no buyer personas. No, Mm -hmm. we we love to talk to sales managers, right, because they are the ones who are, I'd say. Experiencing the, the the problem, no, of having a, a system like like it's not helping them too much to be productive, right? I mean, it, it, Salesforce is amazing for uh, gathering data, right, and making amazing reports, no. But uh, you must have data, right, to do those reports, no. And that data now requires a lot of effort from everyone, no. That you need to be filling out forms. So, so we. Eliminate that friction because we gather data, I'd say automatically, right? We make a uh, uh, super easy, no, to, to have an amazing, let's say, data set in Salesforce. So you can get your dashboards like shine. No, so we like to talk to them because they are the ones that are feeling the pain. No, they were that the ones that are like, but, but also we love to talk to the tech team, especially Salesforce admins, no, or, or Salesforce developers, mm-hmm. no, because they are the ones that are gonna understand, I would say the foundations of our product no and they are gonna be able to understand technically no why our product uh, now in 2023 no is the best I would say peak no I mean when, when you wanna the, the thing is that when you want to buy when you want to improve something no uh, in general I'm talking in general no you you always, I have in general no the idea of that technology can help you, right? Technology is amazing, especially nowadays. no artificial intelligence is like enabling us to do magic, I'd say no. For example, in our case, we can uh, fill out the sales without even going to the form, just understanding what the conversation is about. We can suggest the sales guy. To, to update the CRM with certain information. So it's amazing, no? or the notes that you usually take no, after a meeting can be also done automatically. This is a, a huge booster no, for productivity no? and standardization as well, right? So you can do amazing things with technology, right? But the thing is that the, we don't think too much about, as a vendor, the problem we generate usually in the customers, right? So, okay, I want to solve my productivity issue with technology right and then we go and we say no you need to buy a new platform that we will integrate integrations are always uh, painful right and some of them never works out uh, uh, without putting a lot of hours no so we we actually want our customers to to leave their current systems to use another one or to add a new tab in the browser so users in the end have to go to more than one place, no? So our vision, and I think that was a huge, uh, I would say it's a huge part of why we are doing like uh, very well is because we don't force anybody to leave their system of record, which is Salesforce. They invested in Salesforce a lot of money, no, right? They train it, they team, they integrate a lot of systems, no? So, so they put a lot of like effort on doing that change, no? So go digital, right? Why do we need to make those same people to add another system. So they need to go out and leave it for doing something, special thing. So so I think that the idea that we had, and I think that is is something that, in my opinion, is not enough developed in the market, is native apps for the systems that are already the, the incumbents, right? The big systems, SAP, Salesforce, NetSuite, all of those systems dynamics that companies have Why don't we make them better, right? Instead of asking them to leave it and add another system. So adding complexity, maintenance cost, adding a new, like a whole bunch of hours, like, to spend, no, maintaining those systems. I think that we, I think that as a, as a product, I would say vendors or product developers. No, I think that there is something, there is something missing, you know, which is more and more tabs in every user. So for example, we did a research uh, and we saw that the average sales uh, person or service person is using between uh, six and eight different applications in, in two hours. It doesn't make sense in my opinion, right? So I would say that making it making easier for the market no? to use technology and taking into account what they have already, right, would be a good I would say idea for us, no, as a as a product let's say developers.
0: Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, uh, I love the idea like why cuz sometimes yeah, I also find myself using a lot of different tools. And sorry my camera is moving around. <laughs> and we're going to talk about AI smart. in in a, in a moment. Yeah, it's too smart. It's it's tracking every mo- movement. But I I feel like sometimes, oh my god, I just want to have like a bit more functionality, maybe uh, a bit more uh, data that I can see from this one tool. And I absolutely love like small applications that just solve this one problem. But yeah. Sometimes it's just a hassle to like go to one tab and then another, and then another.
1: No, and, and, um, and I, and and, and I love this idea, but why don't we try to take into account, uh, what the user is already using, right? So it's like the same functionality, but within the software that they are already using, because we always say, no, no, yes, we can integrate with everything, right? But integrations in terms of data is not the same as integration in terms of user experience you know what i mean so integration in terms of data yeah that's okay it's solved but what about the integration in terms of the user experience so the user really can see everything in only one place with all of the context right uh, and i do think that those little tools that i also love you no, know, because they solve a specific problem amazingly why don't we have those tools already within the softwares that we use, no. So everything is much easier for the end user. I think that we think sometimes too much on this idea of, I would say, retention and having our our users using our platform. Because if they have their, if they have their data in our system, they are gonna never leave because you know they have their data and we own the data and so on. It's like okay, that's okay. But this is thinking only about yourself, no? So you have them a little bit trapped because you have their data. That's okay, I mean, it's a, it's a good strategy, but I think that the best way to trap, I would say the user is to be amazing, right? To deliver value and having a, a software that really makes their life easier, in my opinion, not only having data, no? That we know that they are not gonna live because they are gonna be somehow locked, no? I, I, I don't believe too much on that uh, idea.
0: Looking for new ways to find customers for your SaaS business? Consider adding an affiliate or customer referral program. Rewardful is the easiest affiliate tracking platform to set up, manage and scale for SaaS companies. Lock your customer acquisition cost and only pay based on results. Integrate Rewardful with your Stripe or Paddle account and set up your affiliate campaigns in minutes. Rewardful automatically tracks referrals, calculates commissions, handles upgrades and downgrades, all seamlessly in the background, whether you sell one-off purchases or recurring subscriptions. Companies like Podia, Kopi.ai, Barometrics, Synthesia, and many, many more are already using Rewardful to add that sweet, sweet MRR to their businesses. Sign up now at rewardful.com for a free 14-day trial and turn your biggest fans into your best marketers. Yeah, yeah, no, I love it. I think that 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 goes into our uh, headline. But yeah, like I said, let's talk about AI a little bit because I went to Bluebirds and of course, like I read that you have AI and it's a constant argument here on the podcast. Like should companies just jump on the new hip trend and integrate it into their product or should they step back and uh maybe see what everyone else is doing and that was also one of the topics that we discussed during the event in barcelona like a lot of founders were trying to integrate ai and they weren't sure like if it adds any value or you know if it's feasible for what they're doing but you did it and how does how did it change the product how did it change the customer's perception of the product and yeah how how did you go there in the first place like were you were you battling with the idea or you just saw that you know that's an incredible opportunity we're going to use it right away
1: i mean so the the, the analysis that i do always when a new technology comes uh, comes uh, out no by the way as uh, this uh, systems now are, uh, to me, uh, uh, like super disruptive. So it's not one more. It's uh, incredible. I was a little bit ecstatic at the very beginning now, because we are always opening new boxes, no? Like, I don't know, Web3 or, I don't know, NFTs or... I don't know, there are always like waves no, of new techs no, that you open and, and they are amazing. Eh? But sometimes after analyzing them in a little bit you know, deeper, you don't see that huge value for the user. No, Again, eh, we are obsessed with the user, not with the customer, eh? with the user, which is a different persona, I would say. No, In AI, what I did was very, very easy. No, We didn't add, I don't know, a new, I'd say chat interface, no, to talk to our Mm -hmm. system, which is the classical thing that you can come up with, no, at the very beginning. No, I just analyzed if during the current workflows of my users, right, I could help them, right? So my users are taking notes after a meetings, or my users are filling out the information within Salesforce uh, after a meeting, or my users are using extensively email, so using non-structured data, no, in order to to reply no? or my users need to understand what is the context no, of the conversation right away so they can answer with more information, so more, be more relevant. No? So when I saw mm-hmm. the potential in this case of artificial intelligence, I saw a lot of different points that I could uh, put artificial intelligence in order to make my user more productive and more relevant, I'd say, right? Uh, more precise even, no? So. For example, I'm especially proud, I would say, on the use that we have done on artificial intelligence because we have like like super fine, no super detailed. That's defined where do we want to use artificial intelligence, right? And it's not a function, or it's not that we have add a feature. No, it's that we have artificial intelligence everywhere, right? Everywhere. The notes are taken automatically and the sales rep just, or the service rep just need to review it, right? We suggest updates in the CRM. So you need just to review it, Now, With artificial intelligence, I think that is also important to take into account that allowing in terms of user experience, no, to the user to review. So we like, are relevant no for the user and understand if something is not working right why is not working when the user rejects no any suggestion no this is allows us to so I think that in our case we have been quite good on on adding artificial intelligence organically in the same flows that they were doing so it's not a new app it's not a new thing that they need to learn to use for us is more productivity without them uh, change anything on their workflows, right? So in our case, there are other technologies that maybe in order to take advantage uh, from, you need to change a little bit more, no? But in our case, to use artificial intelligence, it has been very organic for us, very, very obvious, no? And I think that we have done a good job on on, on doing that. We have seen that quite a lot of other, uh, let's say, products have worked on the classical feature for the email Okay, no, on the classic. That's okay, but I think that being able to generate the notes of the meeting or being able to to update the CRM or suggest uh, tasks after the meeting, no. So, so being able to assist, in my opinion, this is the word for us: assist, empower the user to be better. Mm-hmm. We are not gonna substitute them at all. We make them more productive and we want to assist them. I love the word that uh, quite a lot of companies are using, which is copilot. No, I love that word because mm-hmm. it means that someone yeah. is helping you. I think that is a good word for, for what we do as well.
0: Okay. I think it's a brilliant strategy. I mean, a lot of people, that that's what their perception of AI is like. It's not going to, yeah, to take our jobs. It's not going to substitute us completely, but it is going to just simplify all the mundane tasks and like take away everything that can be automated and everything that I don't know sometimes uh we forget to do okay brilliant so yeah you guys are also very much sales led right and this is something that we talked about on the on our event and this is something that I was like huh that's interesting like everyone else is kind of moving out of the office and everyone else wants to be remote. And, and you were saying the exact opposite thing, like for the sales teams, it is important to be together. It is important to motivate each other and like see maybe the metrics and the numbers and like how everyone performs. And it's kind of like a team spirit for the sales team. That's important that drives them forward. Not such a popular opinion, maybe. But I could also understand like how it works. So could you maybe elaborate like why you're so firm on like keeping sales team together?
1: I mean, being in, in the office uh, to me is more my weakness, I would say, that than an opinion. Eh? The, the thing is that I, I, I am not super good on, let's say, on dealing or leading, let's say, sales and marketing team, let's say, or customer facing teams remotely so first of all mm-hmm. uh, i mean it's not like a super strong opinion it's just that i think that i am much better doing in face to face than not face to face we have people remotely that's for sure mm-hmm. but i would say that to be a little bit more precise in some moments i do think that being all together is crucial right because of this informal communication that happens no in between meetings, in between calls, mm-hmm. no? I don't know, having a coffee, no? I think that when you are building up something, when you want to scale something or you are scaling something, maybe it's not that necessary because everything is clear, right? So mm-hmm. it, there is no doubt about what you have to say or there are not that many learnings, you always learn, right? But maybe you find that the scale always the same thing again and again, no? The three cases and you know how to deal with them, right? But I think that when you are like, starting to grow right uh fine-tuning is important and that fine-tuning that happens organically no with uh, the 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 the, with sharing the same space no Mm -hmm. i think that is 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 in my opinion is is faster no it it doesn't mean that you can't do the, the same thing uh remotely i'm sure that you can do it no but the energy that you can generate when something goes well, or also know the, the support that you can get when something is not that great, no, and, and the learning process that you can have when you discuss obsessively the same thing again and again, because in sales, to me, it's about obsession. It's about talking again and again, but it's, about, it's the same in marketing. Is what is the best word to communicate this? No? So for example, I remember one discussion no, that we had uh, about how we could communicate that consistency in sales is important, no? so we can have a system. A system means people, processes and, and technology, but a system, no? I mean, everybody's doing the same thing so we can apply statistics. No? And I remember we were discussing consistency, you know, whatever, and someone came up with this idea saying that, why don't we talk about the pain? And the pain, we can use the, the word freestyle, right? And I loved it, no, because in one word, you, you really have nailed down the problem. So do you feel that your team is doing too much freestyle and people understand what does it mean? Just in one word, right? Uh, So this kind of like, uh, yeah, dynamics that you can create when you talk about the same thing again and again and again, no, and those things that can be generated because of those like dynamics, I think that are are really difficult no, to make it work uh, remotely, no, but I do think that now you need to. Master, at least hybrid must be mastered if you want to have a global company, no, and, and, and to be able to have and manage and work with people that is not in your offices, that for sure. But again, eh, in some specific moments, I love the, you know, the, the dynamics that you can create face to face, even though that now I'm getting used to having this experience, like the one that I'm having with you. And feeling more mm-hmm. and more like I would say connected with the other person. No, so so at the very beginning it was a little bit odd, right? But now it's getting better and better. And I think that new technologies are going to help us as well. I saw an interview that Lex Friedman I think did uh-huh. with with Mark Zuckerberg in the metaverse, and and the guy Lex was amazed by the experience. No, it was like mm-hmm. super immersive. So I think that we are like. Not too many years for having, I would say, the same experience, and, and I think that this is also amazing because we will be every one of us global, wherever we are, no? So that's amazing future for us.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you're you're in Barcelona, I'm in Danang, Vietnam. So <laughs> it's uh, really it's it's a lot of fun to like to have this. Okay, so a little more about sales, and this is something that that uh, we were talking with another founder about, and he's like. Uh, So your your sales team should be split between people who find and nurture and sorry and qualify the leads, and then people who close the deals and then people who nurture them, right. And those who close the deals, they're your most expensive, most experienced people, and they should do only that. And What's your opinion on that? Because like, you, you know, the sales, you, you have SaaS Institute, like, what are you teaching? Is that the debate that, that is happening when people, when founders are coming to you? Or, you know, is it that what everyone is doing?
1: In, in my opinion, specialization is key for consistency and excellence. I mean, if you focus in one and one thing and only one thing, you end up mastering it. Right. And mm-hmm. when it comes to a scale, the less you need to train your new hires, no, because sales is about people. I mean, for example, mm-hmm. uh, I always say that uh, scaling a company is about being able to master one thing and only one thing, which is hire and train new people. So in one month, they can become experts on what you are selling. So experts that when they talk to the real experts, right, which are the professionals you want to sell to, right, they feel like you can help them. So, and and this is the thing, eh? you need to be good at hiring and training, of course, coaching new people. Sales is about people. It's not about processes. Uh, It's not about, you need processes because you have people, (laughs) right? Uh, uh, And you need to make uh, people work together, right? So this is why you define processes, but sales is about people, to manage people, organize people. So to me, again, eh, eh, when you wanna make a sales team work, eh, it's important consistency and consistency means that everybody's doing pretty much the same thing because in the end, if you have, again, free riders and freestylers, no, you are not gonna be able to understand what's going on and to to predict, no, what is gonna Mm -hmm. happen, right? So to me, having a, a, a specialization is, crucial to master that task, right? So when you are focused on finding and converting the right people into a meeting, you end up mastering that. eh? You end up uh, knowing exactly where do you want, where do you need to go? What do you need to say in 30 seconds? uh, How to sell the meeting? And and you focus on that and every day you're going to get better and better and better, right? And also when you hire someone and you, want that someone to do this thing, that person don't need to know anything about the product because the only thing that that person needs to understand is the market and the pain because you are selling a meeting, not a product, right? So I would say specialization makes everything easier because uh, I've always said that an organization, even though it can be like based on very smart people, an organization is is something really stupid. In fact, the more intelligent is, is each one, the more stupid is the whole thing, right? Because everybody wants to do their thing, right? They have their own criteria. They know what to do, right? And in the end, it generates a little bit of noise. Even though that is great to have amazing people with their opinions, when it comes to act in a daily basis, you need to do what it is supposed to be done. So everybody is ultra aligned, no? So in in that sense, in my opinion is, and also another valid answer to your question is, why do I think that one person should have only one metric or one task? Because people in the end, uh, if they have two tasks, they will decide what to do, right? They will decide what percentage of their time they are going to use in each task. And, and they are going to do what they think that is the best, what they enjoy the more, what they think that are going to get from the better results. So different like Mm -hmm. criterias that they can have. No. So to me, it's more like, no, no, no. Hey, let's do one thing and only one let's master this thing and let's work together as a team. No. So we generate outputs that the other team can use as an input to generate their output. Right? So everything works very seamless, no, without, and then you have um, all hands where you can discuss a strategy, where you can change everything. No, but when it comes to execute, I think that you shouldn't like be constantly, I'd say, Rethinking too much what you are doing. This is at the end of the week or at the end of the month. That's the moment to rethink based on data. Not every day, right? Every day you need to make yourself more productive, but to do what the team needs from you and only that. In my opinion, eh, that's the, the way I see it.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, like you said, like you you're building sales machines and sales motions that work seamlessly uh towards the goal and i I think that's a great strategy to do that so just a couple more questions the first one is could you share a hack for the teams that are moving out of pure product led growth They, they want to implement some kind of sales motion they want to try to win more and bigger deals how to do that? Like, where to start? What kind of processes to uh, to start with?
1: There are two things. Don't that tell me amazing. there is no hack. <laughs> no, no. I mean, no. I mean, no hacks, but learnings that I've had and were not in the books. I'd say no. Uh, to to me, for example, one thing that happens sometimes no is that people say, "Hey, sell benefits, uh, don't sell features." No, and, and I, for example, don't like to sell benefits. No, because benefits makes all of us seem the same thing, no? With bloopers, you are going to be more productive. Okay, but this is the same claim that others are are doing, right? So in product features, I understand, no? We don't need... But to me, one hack that I use in order to, to make my, I don't know, my pitch resonate a little bit more unique, I would say authentic and real, is to talk about more than benefits superpowers which means and it's very connected as well with the product features eh? it's like okay i want to make my team more productive but the how can i make this happen no and it's what are the superpowers that my product are gonna are gonna bring to my users so they are more productive And, and, and it's in a nice middle between features and benefits right which is superpowers it's something that is not A product feature is not technical, can be, I don't know, three features, but in the end it's like, okay, uh, in order to be, for example, uh, we were talking, in order to have a a, a super productive sales team, my vision is that the sales team should be specialized, no? This is a superpower of, it's not a feature, it's not a being, having very specialized positions is something that makes the customer... Think about how they see sales, no, and help them to compare value propositions, no. So if you say and I convince you, and I'm not talking about my product, and I'm not talking about about benefits, I'm talking about superpowers. This is make Anna, you need to make your team super specialized, no. When if you buy from myself, this idea, then you, you are going to ask or you are going to use this idea in order to compare other, for example, consulting services, no? It's like, because you truly believe that a specialization, I convince you that a specialization is a superpower for your organization and is something that will deliver the benefits that we were talking to, no? So afterwards, I'm going to talk about my services, explaining you that specialization is, is key and is in everywhere, right? So this will make you feel like i want to be specialized this guy has convinced me about that this is important and i see in their service everywhere a specialization right if you go to and then you can if you make to convince the the prospect that the framework for comparing your value proposition with others is based on these superpowers, you have already won, right? Because you will look for a specialization in other values propositions, right? You will say, No, no, but the specialization is important. And then you will talk to someone and say, How can you make my sales team more specialized? No. And if if, if that other like solution doesn't talk about it or doesn't have any any clear response, right? You will think, no. Is not what I need because I need a specialization. This guy has convinced me that specialization is really crucial. It's important. So I need a consulting firm that makes my team super specialized, no? And define real, clear. So superpowers and in product is even easier, right? So for productivity, I think that is for consistency. I think that imagine that I convince you that consistency is key, no? Ah. Okay, and you feel no, no, yes, I need to have a team that is super consistent, right? They do the same thing in the same way because I need them to afterwards give me data that I can use statistically, no? And consistency is important, no? And I then explain you that in my product, we have something called cadences that make your team very consistent because that feature allows the team to organize their tasks in the same way, no? So you connect the superpower, which is consistency, consistency is a superpower. If you are consistent, you are going to sell more. And you connect that with a feature and also with the benefit. Benefit means that you are going to sell more because this is one of the... So I don't know if i explain explaining myself properly, but this no, is something that, that helped me a lot to not talk about benefits. I hate benefits. I don't like features. I like superpowers, which actually talk a lot about your user or the company. What is the outcome that you are going to generate for them. What is the value? No, in companies, we talk about values, no? Superpowers is the same for for sales. Superpowers. How your user, your company is going to be better. It's going to be more productive. Okay, but how they are going to make it? Through what? What is the the set of superpowers that they are going to have? So we are sure that they are going to be more productive. This to me is a nice uh, tool to think about product and value proposition.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely agree with you. I mean benefits, yeah. And I mean I feel like I'm I'm the generation of marketers that learn that you only talk about benefits and you to only talk about values. And then you go to Uh, a website after a website and it's all the same it's the same benefits like you said it's you know you're going to be more productive you're going to be i don't know whatever and by the end of it you just don't understand like which product is it like they're they're just all a blur it's all the same and like i sometimes find myself like digging so deep to like actually realize like what are the features like what does it do what's behind it what's the technology how are you doing this so yeah, uh, no, exactly. Agree
1: with you. There so, for, for example, in our, in our case, in our case, we say, in order to go an amazing sales rep, a super sales rep, you need to be very productive. You need to be able to do a lot of things uh, fast, no? But you need to be relevant. So imagine when I say relevant, and if you buy my idea of being relevant as a superpower, then I can show you features about managing content because relevance is about content. So it's not only about being super productive, about doing stuff. It's about really doing the right stuff and communicating the right content. So for example, one of the things that we do is to put a lot of effort on elements for managing content within Salesforce, right? So imagine that eh? this is a superpower, relevance. If you are relevant, if you say the right thing to the right people, you are gonna be more likely, no, to to sell, right? So relevance, productivity, no, so automation and so on, not but and then the last one is consistency, right? You need to be consistent, right? So we have tools, uh, 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 features, so that. But the thing is that sell more, right? Which is the the final benefit, is about yeah. these superpowers: consistency, productivity, relevance, right? If you buy me this framework, then you will compare my competitors through this vision. Do I have mm-hmm. content? Because being relevant is important. Tony said so. And I truly believe that. No, And afterwards, mm-hmm. I will land these superpowers with my product. And I will say, look, do you remember that we said, and you both, that being relevant is a superpower? This is how we make the user relevant. By generating automatically, I don't know, content through AI based on the history. Mm-hmm. This makes the mail super relevant. Also, we nail down... The value prop by industry because through AI and then you talk about features, but always. So, for example, when I do a demo, I do a demo based on superpowers, not based on features, not based on even use cases. I do based on features. I try to to show my prospect that with Bluebirds, their team are going to be super. This is the demo. They are going to be. Super uh, uh, sales agent or super service agent. This is the thing they need to feel that uh, in order to to engage. In my opinion, so it's a different way. Yeah. This is my the hack, no, the thing that I do a little bit different from others.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You need to wow your customers, especially especially now. Okay. All right, and yeah, and the last question is uh, well, that's the usual question that everyone gets. What so far has been the Biggest win and the biggest failure. Could be for you, could be for Bluebirds or the South Institute. But um, yeah, what's your story?
1: Failure. <laughs> yeah. My, my biggest failure was when we started Bluebirds, not taking the opinion of the customer or of the user, uh, uh, not talking that much with users and customers. So we were more thinking on scaling. We had investors, we needed to scale, and we were in that mood is whatever no it's like we need to sell ten percent more each month because this is what this was the playbook this is the playbook no of of a VC no ten percent ten percent ten percent whatever and if you don't do it you are failing right so you better do it right so it's not this journey that we did that way where was not okay because the process of making a, a, a company great amazing is not by selling 10% only each month it's by understanding the user, the customer, the different use cases, nailing down the product. It's impossible or it's very difficult to grow 10% monthly, constantly, year after year, unless you are lucky and you have nailed down everything that can happen. Right. But this is my big failure, which is not understanding that this was not the right way to go. Uh, if you want to be a long-term success, I'd say, no, because then you don't take strategic decisions properly because you just want to sell whatever it takes to whatever, to whoever. You need to sell, only sell, because this is what VCs are, are going to look at uh, at the end of the month. Eh? They don't want to understand your product, the pain you solve or the market. They want to see you growing, right? And this was my fault eh? because I decided to go to that through that journey too soon in my opinion so this is my my biggest failure i would do it differently now i would invest a little bit more in product in understanding the nuances of each use case and and nailing down yeah to work a little bit more so so the so the growth is a little bit more sustainable you know what i mean more like organic in my opinion right this is what about the win and and the win i think that i am uh, and i told you before no i am proud because this is this has been crucial for understanding what I told you. No, know, that uh, this decision of hey, our customers already have their own systems of record. Why don't we make those systems of record better instead of making them go into the jungle of installing a new platform? No, so I think that this little like idea has uh, I would say shaped our company and our value proposition and our positioning, and and it's working out really well because we always say the same thing to the customers and the customers love it. It's like, Hey, we're not going to make you uh, create a super project with all of the technicians and spend tons of hours integrating, managing the change, no change management. No, no, no. It's much easier, right? You have a system already. Uh, Let's make it better right away in three clicks. You don't need a huge project, right? This idea of thinking, about our users, not only in terms of the user experience and in terms of the feature, but in terms of the DNA of our company itself, no, it's like, what do we want to make for our customers, right? In in general, not only this feature or this feature, no, in general, how do we can make them better, but without having, without making them to go through this painful process, no, of, okay, another system, yes, I want artificial intelligence, but. Uh, there is no other option than buying another software, right? With another login, with another like user interface, right? With another training process, right? Uh, all of this, no, I need to do, I need to go through. No, why do I do that? When it, so this, I think that is is a, a smart decision that has shaped, I would say, our, our yeah, our company, and our destiny, in my opinion.
0: Wonderful. I, and it's a huge one. I mean, you guys are successful and everything you're talking about, you you definitely know, uh, where you're going and it's, uh, it's great to see, you know, that you have this vision that's shaping the company that's shaping the product. So thank you so much for, for telling everyone about it. Uh, it's been great talking with you as always, uh, happy to do it again sometime. And hopefully when we do our next event, uh, you'll be there.
1: Sure. I will be super happy to be there. Yeah. Thank you very much, Anna. Sure.
0: Thank you, Tony. And take care. That was yet another awesome conversation on SaaS Unbound. We're always looking for new guests to share their experiences. We mostly talk with bootstrapped SaaS founders. And if you're one, reach out to me directly at anna.sas.group or find me on LinkedIn. If you're not bootstrapped or even not SaaS, but have a great story to tell, we want to hear from you too. And obviously, SaaS Unbound wouldn't be possible without the SaaS Group, a founder-friendly, private equity company that buys awesome businesses that people love to take them to even greater success. If you're thinking about selling your company or just exploring your options, feel free to visit SaaS.group, fill in the form, and expect a response in under 24 hours.